Hello, and welcome back to Storytime Pitches. I'm your host, Kurt. And I am Josh. It's just regular Josh. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Josh. Josh? What up, yeah, Josh? I don't, I don't know. I have a friend that calls me Josh. <laughs> so, you know, I guess it's whatever. I guess I'll just, I'll just, you know, we'll, we'll leave that in there, you know? <laughs> Can I call you Juice? Juice. Juice. Actually, there's a show called um, Future Man, and they call him that sometimes. His name's Josh, too, in that show. So it's a great show if you haven't seen it. It's by uh, Seth Rogen and what's his name? The other guy, Evan Evan Goldberg, I think his name is. This the same guys who always do the Seth Rogen stuff, like Preacher and all that stuff. So, yeah. But yeah, Future Man's awesome. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about us today. Um, so. I kind of have a cool idea. Um, it's kind of an old idea, and there's there's a little bit more that goes into it than that. But, I mean, with, like, summer right around the corner, like, this is a very, like, summer-oriented movie. And it's not what you would think, because it's not... It, it's a horror movie, but it's not for, like, typical... I, I guess what you would, like imagine this movie to be if you ever like saw the poster or something like that like it goes super super deep so so not friday the 13th no no i mean i I guess it does have like a vibe like that you know because we wanted it to feel like a summer movie obviously but i mean saying with like real summer right around the corner we want to give you guys something that you know you're like oh man i could just imagine watching this right now with my friends you know put put like a Like a projector in the backyard and around a fire pit and watch this crazy movie. So, oh man, I always like doing that over at your house. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, like summer movie nights are the best. But this one goes back a little bit. Um, the reason that I wanted to do it on the podcast is because I have no idea what the filler is. <laughs> like, I know, I know the beginning and I know the end, and, and why it gets there. But there's a lot of filler in the middle that we can kind of talk about, if that makes sense. Mm, so you need the meat. Yes, exactly. So, um, I mean, we don't have to, like, get all the details and everything like that. But um, just the basic idea, just to, you know, get get the hook in there. But I guess I'll start, like, a little further back. So I want to say it was, like, 2013, 2014. I ended up meeting okay. this guy named Seth, and he's still a good friend of mine. Uh, we, we chat every now and then, but he has been super, super busy doing all kinds of amazing things. But he actually was on like Ellen, like way back in the day, the show Ellen, cause he, really? he like went viral for like, basically like jackass kind of stunts and they like brought him on the show and like, we're talking to him like, um, <laughs> you know, like, like, why do you do this to yourself and blah, blah, blah. Like it ended up being like this whole thing, but he ended up kind of getting his foot in the door because of that. And right. um, like he's originally from Colorado, where, where we're from. So I don't I don't exactly remember how like we started talking, but he um, started talking to me and we ended up meeting up and we talked about the time pitch that like we did last season. So that show. And I remember him just sitting there like, oh, my gosh, like. Like, that's amazing. Like, that that's it's what you know, but it's also just enough to be new, which, you know, is what audiences love. They they want to be comfortable with what they're watching, but also want to be surprised. 
And, you know, if you've been listening to Storytime Pitches, that's literally what me and Kurt do here, right? It's kind of what we do here. <laughs> I hope that's what people get out of this. Yeah, I hope that's what people <laughs> get out of this. But, <laughs> so, um, he talked about the fact that he wanted to move out to Los Angeles and just start working on a lot of things. And at the time, he was big into reality television. So, I know he um, started doing stuff with uh, MTV and the ridiculousness that like that show, I know he was involved with that and a whole bunch of other things out there. Seth, if you're listening to this, correct me if there's any like labels or anything you want to throw on this, but um, I know he was involved. I'm not exactly sure what his title was, but he, he did a lot of stuff and he met a lot of people. And this was like, while I was talking to him. So he kind of hit me up one day and he said that he was working with Netflix and he, he was working on a contract to do a couple movies with them. And he wanted me to pitch him something. And the thing is, is, is I guess Netflix wanted something. You got to think, like, like I said, this is like 2012, 2013. Like Netflix is just getting into the streaming game. Um, there wasn't really many options for streaming at this time. It was kind of like mm. one of those things where it was hit or miss. You know, Netflix didn't really have a lot of originals back in the day. And they were looking for something. <laughs> this is this is kind of weird because this is definitely not my style, but they wanted something that, you know, like you're scrolling through like late at night, you see a poster of like scantily clad women or something like that. And you're like, hmm, I, don't know, I don't know if I should play this or not. You know, he, they wanted something that was like that. But that also when right. you started playing it blew your mind it wasn't ex- it wasn't what you thought it was it was like it was like a false advertising you know you see you see the cover and you and you play it because of that and then you end up getting a real treat basically so um knowing how how like i come up with stories seth reached out to me and he was like i think this is a really good idea like this is i know this is not what you normally do but i think you can take this and really run with it like just come up with something ridiculous and something awesome and let me know what you come up with. So right. I thought about it for a few days and I came up with a basic plot. Now, anybody who like knows Netflix, especially right now, like, like love is blind. I'm sure everybody knows what that is or has at least seen something about that, you know, whether it's on the internet or, or actually just scrolling through Netflix. But it's um, unfortunate that I do know what that is. <laughs> Thanks to my girlfriend. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, my wife, too. She's super into that. But um, this is kind of like that. This movie is about a reality show about people trying to find love. Like, as simple as that. And I I guess, like, now it's not super original, but I still think that the the curveballs that I give you in this are going to blow your mind. So like Tenacious D, blow my mind. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it's along the same lines of 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 the, I guess the the feel of those movies. Like it, it's it's a dark comedy, that's for sure. I mean, how are you going to have a reality love show that's secretly like a really really deep good horror movie, you know, without having some kind of that cheesiness in there? So. I think this is definitely like your kind of style, Kurt, too. This is why, like, I want to talk to you about it and, like, fill in some of those blanks because I feel like we need the cheese, but we also want it to be good. Like, I, I was going for, like, um, like a like hatchet almost, 
it, it has a feel like Hatchet, like Adam Green's movies. Mm-hmm. It, but it also has the, the cheesiness of a real reality show. But then I wanted to get into the depth that is us, like what we do. So, so it's like a wine and crackers kind of thing. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Like, like women can, you know, they can have some wine, enjoy the movie, but like, you know, you also have the crackers there. So like, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of a dude movie also. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's exactly yeah. kind of what I was thinking is, is let's make a movie like that. That gets the clicks, you know, clickbait, I guess. And then like the poster, you know, scantily clad women or whatever it is that makes you click that movie in the middle of the night, you know, talking to your 13 year olds out there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they end up watching it and they're just like, holy crap, like I'm so intensified right now. I didn't I don't know if I should be watching this kind of thing. And we're not talking about the scantily clad women at this point. That was just the poster to pull in some clicks. You know, eventually people are going to start talking about this movie. It becomes a cult favorite type deal, basically. So, like, I I wanted to do something special for Seth because, like, he's a good friend of mine. And, you know, I've, I've never had the opportunity to get my foot through the door. I've been really close several times. And this is, like, my drive behind this. I wanted to show them that I can give you, like, what you know, give the audiences what makes them comfortable, and also still, like, scare the crap out of them. And you know me and Kurt. Like, our, our thing is horror movies. Like, that's, that's like, our, our main pitches for everything that we're doing. So, Actually, I really do love, like, coming up with, you know, just these random horror stories. But, you know, I, I think just really trying, you know, as you said, like, trying to go into focusing on something that, like, nobody's seen before and... I actually kind of like the fact that you went with something that is almost like a wolf in sheep's clothing kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the best way you to know. describe it. And I think that's, you know, I think there's not a ton of movies, I mean, that I don't really know of that really hate you. Like, the, usually the trailer gives it away. But, I mean, like, if you kind of stray away from that and you kind of just give them, like, the bare bones then, yeah, like, you know, having something that's, like, absolutely crazy in the middle of it, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's exactly kind of what I was going for for this movie is, like, I wanted it to be, like, um, like if you guys have ever seen, like, like the newer Piranha movies or, or, like, actually almost, like, all the shark movies and stuff, they're, like, super cheesy, campy on the surface, you know, and then it's over. Like, it's, it's fun, it's blood, gore, and a bunch of teenagers getting killed and whatever, and it's like, oh, a popcorn movie. But um, then you look at movies like um, like the new Evil Dead, the 2013 Evil Dead, and it's like, yeah, it has a teensy bit of that, but at the same time, like, if you have never seen the old Evil Dead movies and you're watching that movie, like, the blood and the gore and the intensity of the situation is literally, like, whoo, like... <laughs> You know, and that's kind of what I wanted this movie to be is like both of those things, you know, like it's, it's so, it's so funny and cheesy and, and Jersey shore ish, I guess. And then by the, by the end of it, you completely forget where the intro started. So I'll just like say it right now. This movie is called summer's vendetta and summer is a character in the movie, but it's also a summer movie. So that's kind of a double play on the words there. (laughs) 
And um, there is an intro in this movie, and the intro is a little dark, a little mysterious, like you don't really understand what's happening, and then it jumps into that Jersey Shore, like, you know, love-matching type show. And it, it's it's a whole thing. Like, it's most of that for, like, 45 minutes. And that's kind of the filler part, which I don't really know how to do that, um, I guess, and still make it interesting and keep the audience interested to get to the good part at the end. So, you know, that's what Storytime Pitches is. We're, we're in the writer's room, and we're coming up with ideas to do that. But I got the so, beginning, middle, end, basically. So is that cool? Yeah, like, so... Where is it like set? Like, are we? Is this like something that's like set in like the city, or is it like, I mean, like whereabouts do you feel that it, it's kind of being set? Is it like in New York, or is it in like California? I, I would say um, definitely somewhere nice, like warm. Um, maybe maybe we don't even necessarily have to like say a location, or we just make it up or something. But I imagine it kind of like a. Not necessarily an island, but something very remote, something very nice that's like warm all year around, you know, borderline tropical. And it's just a great place, you know, to send 25, you know, good looking people to fall in love. Right. Costa Rica. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some, something like that, you know, uh, Isla Nubar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Without the dinosaurs. No, no dinosaurs allowed. <laughs> But yeah, something like that. I mean, it's not like full on tropical. We're not dealing with all that. But, you know, there might be some palm trees in the front yard or something like that. But I do um, imagine it being pretty remote because they're filming a show. They don't want a bunch of people out there. So, you know, they have a, a giant, giant piece of property with like a, a basically a forest with a mansion in the middle of it type situation. So it's, right. it's just a beautiful summer getaway type house. You know, like if, if you were filthy rich and you wanted a summer getaway, get away from all these people, this is the house that you would be at, you know. But you also have to house, you know, 25, 20-some-year-olds in this house comfortably, you know, and be able to, you know, kick people out of the house and all these things like that. So that actually is a good question that you asked that because that that literal idea of the setup is part of the, the story. I don't know, like, just to try to get my, like, creative juices going here. I mean, like, I kind of really need that, like, setting for it. Okay, okay. Okay, so um, that aside, the movie is not filmed like a reality show. Like, there's obviously, like, the talking heads thing where they, like, sit on the couch and, like, say what they're feeling about things, but that doesn't happen right away. So when the movie kicks in, we have, like, a a three- to five-minute intro. And it, it's it's so vague and so weird that by the time all the other goofy stuff is going on, you it, it's out of sight, out of mind until it comes into play. Okay. And the thing is, is, you know, the way that <laughs> I come up with stuff, it's not even I'm going to tell you what the epilogue is, what I have written down right here. And then by the time we get to what it actually means, it'll still surprise you. So prepare for the surprise. But, you know, start guessing now, I guess. So Summer's Vendetta. So the epilogue, it starts 20 years ago. So I, I, I like when movies like don't necessarily tell you like, oh, 2012 or whatever. Like it's like I like the, the 20 years ago and then present day swapped. Like present day is is important. You know, it, it makes it not age. But basically 20 years ago, there's a small house deep in the woods. I kind of imagine it like up on a hill. Um, there's a young girl and she's 
watching her mother and father from under the floorboards. And I've mentioned this before in our podcast. Like, I really like to start, like, my signature for movies would be to start in darkness because you don't know what you're getting into, no matter what it is. So it kind of starts like that. She's, like, under the floorboards, you know, and she's, like, crawling around. You can hear her, like, breathing and kind of, like, looking up. And then as she, like, looks up, you can see, like, the light kind of coming through the floorboards. And she hears the footsteps. Her mother and father are walking around. And they're, like, frantically, like, grabbing items. And they're, like, throwing them. And then they're, like, packing things. And they're, like... um you know, boarding up the the doors and all kinds of stuff in this cabin. Like, it's just this crazy chaotic moment that just drops you in and you have no idea what's going on. So the, you, you see like the dad and he's like walking across backwards and he covers like a hatch that's in the floor with a giant rug. And then we cut to what's going on upstairs. And then the father like turns to the mother and he's just got this look of dread on his face. Like he's, he's so scared his daughter and and his wife and everything so the mother she starts like like just putting gasoline all over the house like she's just hitting the couch and the walls and everything and under the house like the girl you kind of see like like I guess the lights shining down on her through the floorboards and she's kind of like you know cramped up in the corner and she's got like her hands over her knees and stuff and she's just really terrified and as this is happening like you start hearing the glass break and you see um, like like sticks and stuff coming through the window and crowbars and all these all this crazy stuff. And then you hear all these people like yelling and chanting and stuff outside. And all of a sudden, um, this is all filmed from like under the floorboards. So you hear all this. You hear the glass breaking. You You hear like the chaos rising. And then all of a sudden you hear like the parents like yelling like, you know, leave us alone and stuff. And then all of a sudden the door like breaks open and you just hear like floods of people coming in the house and like a fight breaks out and you hear all the footsteps and everything. And we just filmed this all from under the floorboards, just this girl's reaction to it. So pretty intense. And then like the gasoline falls over and starts pouring down the floorboards and stuff. And it, they land on her, like the, the gasoline lands on her and starts pouring on her. So she panics and she starts like crawling around under the house She's trying to like find a way out of here. Um, and then like literally the place like just sets on fire. Like like these people just burn these people's house down, like this crazy mob, like Frankenstein style. So they burn this house down and um it like obviously the fire like lights up what's going on underneath the floorboards a little bit too. So she actually sees like a little broken spot in the woods. So she climbs or crawls towards it real fast. And she gets out of there. So she, she like rips through the wood and like it scrapes her back up, like just really nasty stuff. And she gets out and then she just starts running outside and then the house like blows up, but then it shoots like a bunch of debris at her and it hits her like in the back. And it's just like this fireball that goes towards the screen. So that's like Jeez. kind of the first cheesy moment, I guess. And, and I, I wouldn't like film it like ridiculously cheesy. It would be more like she 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 finally makes it out of that house. She stands up, and as soon as she starts running, boom, and then it cuts to present day. Wow, that's pretty. So intense. What do you think so far? That's pretty intense for like I mean, just the beginning. Like that's that's horrible. 
Like, <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you see the cover, and it's like a bunch of girls in bikinis and stuff. You're like, ooh, what's this? And then, and all right. struck with that. <laughs> Good Lord. Exactly. Okay, so then it flashes forward to present day, and it's like this girl. She's sitting at a desk, and they pull in a bunch of other people um, to, like, interview them for this reality show. And of course, if you're watching the movie, you don't exactly know what's happening. It just it just cuts into like a like an interview, and it's not like reality television at this point. It's still filmed like an actual movie. So like, there's people in the waiting room. Like, we don't know who's who, uh, and that's kind of the mystery of it. Is like the movie's called Summer, but we don't know that it's about Summer. We don't know which one is her, and that's kind of like mm-hmm. a, a, a like an ace up the sleeve type situation. So oh, it starts so going through later. like, and they start talking about um, like what, what makes you a best candidate for being on this reality show. So this is when we get to like meet all the people. And of course, you know, like I said, there's probably like, like 25 contestants in this thing or something, but realistically we're probably only going to focus on like maybe five or six you know, because a lot of people get like kicked out early and stuff like that. So it's not going to be like an overwhelming, oh, I need to learn every cast member kind of thing. So they go right. through, you know, they we do the flashcards where it like kind of introduces who this person is, like what their hobbies are. You know, they're super good at weightlifting or whatever kind of cheesy stuff we throw in there. So the main girl that's there, she's the main one that's trying to find love. But of course, love is going to find a way with the other people as well, but she's like the main star of the show. So she explains why she wants to find love, and they basically go to this thing called the Ten Commandments, and they 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 like have to win her heart, and there's all these different rules that go into it, like like whether it's a male or female that falls in love with her, like anything, it doesn't matter. And so it's kind of like the it's kind of like the Bachelorette in a way. Like she's the main focus of it, but there's now like we're like down to the last ten people, kind of. And that's where like you know the story really begins to pick up. Yeah. So after the interviews, it cuts to like um, the house. So we're not filming like reality TV. still. it's filmed like a movie. So they like, they like cut the interviews and then they go and they line everybody up like in, in like the quad area in the front of the house, like a giant grass area. Like I imagine it kind of like really open grass with trees on the sides, like just a really nice like quad area with like a sidewalk up to the front of the house in front of it. So they like line everybody up there and like the producers come in and they like remind everybody they're like hey just remember you guys have all signed the contracts like you have to follow the orders very specifically like there are major consequences like like legal consequences and and all kinds of stuff that you guys don't want to know about um (laughs) if you don't like follow these these papers that you signed um so the they they talk about the show and the show is called the Rev Card, okay, the R E V, like the Revoke, right? That's what we're calling it, the Rev Card. So the show in, within the movie is called that. And they go over the rules. They explain what quali- what will disqualify you, you know, or the revoking of your membership at this house. They go through everything. So they they 
I, I don't know exactly what the rules are, but they talk about that. So okay. basically it goes to the next part, which is, <laughs> I mean, what, what do most 20 some year olds do when they get to stay in a fancy house for a couple weeks or whatever? Like, like they, they party. <laughs> I was going to say, like they check out the house and then they drink in the house. Yes. Pretty yes. Heavily. <laughs> yeah. And that's, what's kind of cool about it. So when they're explaining the rules and stuff, they explain like there's cameras in every room, like everything you're doing is being recorded at some point or another. Um, you know, all the producers, all the camera crew, like they back off. They're like you won't see them. They're they're going to be hidden. They're going to do their best to make this a real natural environment for you guys to actually fall in love. So a few people just go right for it, like like all in. They just immediately, like as soon as the producers back off and the party starts, they just instantly hop in there and start like working their moves on Summer, like the main girl that the show's about. And they, she, like, she's the one that has the card. So as soon as she's like not comfortable or doesn't like them or whatever, she hands them the rev card and they're out of the show. So that's basically how it works. So like, no joke. There's like, like three or four people that try the first night. She's like, nah, like too soon. Like you're out. And they give them the card and everyone's like, Oh, like get out of here. You know? So it's, it's kind of funny. You know, squid games, a whole bunch of people. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) and, and you know, at this point, I guess we don't really explain what happens when they go out. So she starts liking one of the guys there. Like, like, and this is why I say like, it needs a little bit of filler, but you know, maybe after a day or two, she kind of does start liking this guy. And I have, his name is Chris written in this. So, you know, Chris, Chris is a lucky guy. He like gets a little close and stuff and she's like interested. And all of a sudden he gets like really frisky with her and she just doesn't like it. She gives him the card and then he's disqualified. So the only way that they would bring in people from the crew is if someone refuses to leave. So once you give them the card, it's supposed to be fun and games. You know, they're supposed to laugh it off and leave, whatever. This guy doesn't want to leave. Like he's being a little too aggressive. And so they like (laughs) these bodyguards like come out of the curtains and stuff like they were hiding It's like, that was the whole idea. You know, they're there, but they're not there. And they come out and they just kind of stand behind him. And he's like, all right, all right, I'm out. I'm out. Sorry, guys. So uh, he he basically like turns around. He's like, I never had a chance anyway. I was just trying, you know, he's he's total douchebag. Um, So the only person that kind of still floats around is the host. And and the reason why is because he does the interviews, like the talking heads things that I was saying earlier. So that's what's kind of funny about this is it can like kind of cut back to where like Summer's sitting on the couch and she's just like, yeah, Chris, Chris just tried a little too hard. Like, you know, like I, I really did like him. Like there was a connection there and then he just got too aggressive, <laughs> you know, and then it cuts to like the bodyguards coming out, like walking him out and stuff. So like I imagine a lot of humor with it at that point. Like, do you, do you kind of agree that we should go there like with the humor or do you think like we should stick with the seriousness? Well, it just, it like, well, well, let me, so Chris is an important person in this movie, correct? No, no, he's just a guy that she, like, liked, like, she, like the other guys oh. that, like, tried to hit on her the first night got kicked out. He was one that was kind of hanging out for a couple days, and she was like, oh, maybe I do like this guy, and then all of a sudden he got too frisky, and she's like, ah, you're out, kind of thing. Okay. All so right. he, he's not, I mean, su- he's not super important to the story but he is important because of what happens next gotcha yeah so i mean like i I think showing you know it would be cool to show like 
I mean, with any um, dating show kind of thing, like it's always cool to see like how they are before they're there. And then while they're there, like doing things with, you know, interacting with people. Yeah. Um, you get to see another side of them, but then there's that third side of when you're getting like closer to somebody and you know, like there's another, like there's another wall you break with that person and you know, you really start to show like your inner self. So it would be like kind of crazy to see Chris as like, Oh, like you, you know, you kind of like really like him at the beginning and then he's kind of goofy and then like then he just turns into this like you know animal kind of dude yeah, when he's yeah. like alone with her that that's you honestly know? like kind of how i imagine it like i mean you watch a movie for like 15 minutes and you can literally go from liking someone to hating someone and i don't i don't imagine mm-hmm. him with a lot of screen time basically but i do imagine it that kind of situation what you're describing yeah he's kind of like the 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 guy you like in the back because everybody else is trying to like everybody's you know, jamming for screen time, basically, and he's kind of just like that person you like in the background. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I wish, like, you know, he would just get some more time with her or whatever. Mm, see, that's the kind of feeling that I need. You know, they're sitting around, you know, eating dinner or whatever, and he's kind of man in the grill and just something simple, like all the other guys are out there playing football and showing off and stuff, and then, yeah, he's just, like, simply, like, walks up to her and asks her, like, you know, like, well, what, do you, what do you want for dinner? You know, and she's like, well, like, you know, how about this and this? And he's like, oh, like, and then you make some kind of joke, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, maybe this is a good guy <laughs> until this point, yeah. Okay, all right. Now I'm, I'm I'm seeing what Chris is. Okay, yeah. I think we all see <laughs> what an a-hole he is. But so during this time on this particular night when they're all hanging out and stuff, so after Chris gets walked out and he, he leaves the house or whatever, um, there's like an, another two people in there, like a guy and a girl. And they like, they're doing this weird thing from across the room. They're kind of staring at each other and everybody just goes back to what they're doing. And for whatever reason, like they finally like walk up to each other and they're like, you look like familiar. And then they start talking and we find out that the guy's name is Ryan and the girl's name is Sarah. And they talk a little bit and they're like, I know you from somewhere. And they figure it out that they went to school together, like, like way back, like elementary school. So, the, you know, they make the little jokes like, oh, my gosh, like, remember you, you like sucked your thumb until you were like seven and you had like buck teeth. And he's like, oh, I know I had to get braces, you know, it's like, oh, you wore glasses before. She's like, I still do. I just got contacts, you know, like stuff like that. They just BS a little bit. But that's kind of the cool part about this rev card show is that, you know, like we're looking for love for summer, but it doesn't mean that you can't fall in love along along the way. So it's kind of a, a loose rule i guess but that's kind of like what we're seeing and um the producers kind of see this and then they decide to like kind of pull them off to the side and then they just remind them like hey guys like remember we are here for summer like it's cool if you guys do this but do this on your own time right and they're like oh like i thought that's what the show was and they start getting like this weird thing in the back of their head you know so not not a big deal so that's just kind of a, a thing that happens basically that they they remember each other from elementary school so everybody's starting to wind down like summer's like all right guys like it is you know 2 30 in the morning i'm going to bed <laughs> or whatever so you know they're like oh and the music shuts off and everything so we kind of go to the outside of the house and we show like lights start turning off in other people's rooms and all that stuff like that and it it cuts to chris 
So the banished guy that's been, you know, kicked out of the contest, he, uh, right. he makes it past the quad and he ends up in that wooded area that we were talking about earlier. So he starts walking through the woods and, um, he doesn't know where to go. Like, like there's no direction. Like the, basically they kicked him out and they told him he needs to go. Like, just keep walking. You'll find where you need to go. So he's just walking through the woods, just wandering out there. And he's been out there for like hours at this point. Like we, we don't know how long he's been out there and he starts getting tired and he's just calling for people's names. You know, he's like calling for the crew. He's calling for the host and just yelling out like, Hey, I don't know where to go. Like I've been walking out here for hours. And he is like talking about like, there was supposed to be a car out here. Like I know this was supposed to happen and all this stuff like that. So he like starts seeing things moving in the woods and like, he like freaks out. Like, what was that? What was that? And then like, you see it kind of come back out behind a tree and it's just a camera guy. And he's like, dude, dude, like tell me where to go. Like, and the guy just like, doesn't say anything. He just films them like super awkward. And then like, he's like kind of squinting at the guy trying to figure out if he's still there. And then all of a sudden he just gets ripped out of the frame. Like something just rips him and takes him off. And then that's it. Ooh. Yeah, so well, that's what do you think? Well, that so sucks far? for Chris. <laughs> it does suck for Chris. What do you think so far, though? I mean, like, I, I think it's cool that I mean, like, I don't think that's ever been done in like any kind of uh, um, love show kind of thing. Like, you don't really think about the people that like get kicked off. Like, you just assume that they're taken care of and they they leave. Yes. So it's kind of it's kind of like. It's weird to think about them in like a third third party perspective of like they just get kicked out and like they're kind of just on their own like oh you messed up sir like you know goodbye yeah and and like, honestly the audience like as as you're watching this movie you're not going to feel bad for this guy at all you're like oh he got what he deserved whatever that was <laughs> right i mean at that point yeah you're all you're already like uh whatever chris like you know you deserve this yeah, but yeah. no, it's kind of cool. Like it's kind of a like a behind uh, the scenes. Yeah, it's like yeah, it, like it's kind of cool that it's not structured like a TV show. So, I mean, you can kind of do some playing around there with you know just showing the cameras and showing like what the direction and of the TV show is trying, like what they're trying to get them to push them to do. Yes. And, That's exactly you know, my thought process because I've learned things hanging out with Seth about reality television that I won't spoil for you guys. But a lot of it is basically uh, the best way to say it would be it's it's real, but it's overemphasized. And, and that is right. a lot of part of what the show is, is eventually because because the next part is the really vague part that I don't really know what to do. So I, I imagine that they set up all kinds of like love games and things to like pair people with certain people and and just all kind of like a contest, I guess. And, and they're basically just trying to stir the pot, you know? So summer doesn't just go for one person. She likes like five people and then the drama starts and all that. And that, that's kind of what I was saying about real life reality shows is that that's kind of how it happens. Like even the bachelor, like they've admitted like 10 years later, like, no, like I knew what it was the whole time. I just had to play the game for, all these weeks that I was at this house, you know? <laughs> so right. it, it's kind of like that. And that's why I say there's, there's a big gap here, but I imagine like, you know, it's, I don't know if it's like a montage scene or whatever, but it's like 
the contests and all these things are going on, you know, like guys and girls are getting the rev card left and right and they're getting basically voted off the ship. So this goes on for a while. Um, but you know, we do have parts where like producers or the hosts will pull somebody off to the side, like, Hey, like, I know that you think this is what's happening, but I need you to give me a little bit more. Like you need to go talk to this person, like start some drama over there. Like, it's cool. We got your back, you know, mm. it, it's good for TV. <laughs> Like that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, because he's got to hook the audience that's eventually going to be watching this TV show. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's a Netflix show, how are you going to get 12 episodes out of somebody that fell in love in the first couple minutes they were there? <laughs> that's true. So hmm. I, I feel like this, this this should be a big chunk of the movie. You know, just the, the humorous amounts of it, like where it goes to all that. Um but when we come back to the seriousness, and this is why I say, like, I'll kind of bounce it back to you and kind of see what you think about some of the filler. But the, okay. I, I guess towards the climax of the movie, I think people are starting to get a little suspicious of, like, what what is what is actually going on here? So Ryan and Sarah, if you remember, those are the two that met at the party and, like, recognize each other. They, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan, like, sneaks into Summer's room one night. And he's like really being weird. Like he kind of like gets in the room and he's like opening the door and he's just standing there like really weird, doesn't know what to do. And then he like decides he's going to do it. And he like runs over to the bed and he like wakes Summer up and he's like, we need to leave right now. Like, like forget this show, forget the cameras, forget everything. Like, like we need to get out of here right now. And um, this is why I say, I don't know what the filler is before this, but something happens that alerts him that, that something's going on. So Summer like agrees with him at this point and she's like, yeah, like this, this is, this isn't right. Something weird is definitely going on. Like, like, yeah, let's just, let's just go. So she goes like out in the hallway and like Sarah's out there and she's like looking around, you know, the stairs and stuff. She's like keeping an eye out. So she was like watching out while Ryan went and woke her up. So, um, they, they're like the only contestants that are basically left at this point there's there's like there's like maybe four or five people and like between ryan sarah and summer there are three of them so they sneak through the house they they get out the front door and they're running down that quad area and um this is like the middle of the night too so just imagine it like like pitch black outside like super creepy um like sarah like stops and like like Ryan and Summer running and they like notice she stops and like, what are you doing? And she's like, like, hold on. Like, like Mick, like Mick is still in there. We have to get him. And then they're like, no, like, like that dude's a dick. Like just leave him. (laughs) (laughs) And and then he's like, just, just yell real quick. Like he'll catch up or something, you know, it's just really funny. Um, she's like, no, like I'm not leaving him. So he's like, are you kidding me? So Ryan has to like go back in the house while Summer and Sarah like, sit there right on the, on the forest line, like about to like take off. So he runs in there and he like goes through all the rooms and he goes to this Mick guy's room. And he like goes in there. He's like, Mick, Mick, dude, we got to get out of here. He like shakes him and stuff. And he realizes it's like nothing in the bed. So he like lifts up the blankets and there's already there. And, um, like summer and Sarah are just like, like they'll catch up. Like they, they have each other. Like we need to get out of here. So, they start running through the woods and um, they hear like Ryan, like yell, like wait up or something. And they're like, 
you know, they're already like a couple hundred feet in or whatever. So she like stops and she's like, no, no, no. She's like, let's just wait for him. And then Summer's like talking about like, like why, why do we need to wait for him? Like, like you guys have been like all about yourselves. Like you guys like each other. Like there's no reason for you guys to be on this, on this show. Like you shouldn't have done any of this. Like, like just go be with him. Like I'm getting out of here. So she's mm-hmm. like, Sarah's apologizing. She's like, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, we, we have to stay and wait for, for Ryan and Mick. And they're just arguing and having this like really loud, you know, fight in the woods. And all of a sudden they hear like this shuffling in the woods behind them and they like freak out and they like stop talking. And they're like looking around. It's just like dead quiet. And I imagine it's the super like cool cinematic shot where they're just like standing really far apart because they were just yelling at each other. And it's just this wide shot of these woods. And you just hear this like terrifying, like howling shriek out of nowhere. Just like the most like unsettling sound you've ever heard. Sarah is like, okay, let's get out of here. Like maybe you're right. So she's like, starts running towards summer. And as this happens, this like giant, like, I mean like 15 foot tall, skinny monster lady thing drags summer it grabs summer like right out of out of view of where sarah's running to it grabs summer the the star of the show it grabs her and drags her into the woods and like i imagine it like terrifying sounds that it makes and you know the creature like is howling and like sarah runs after it and she actually like catches up to it And this thing is like just standing there like hunched in the woods and she's got summer like halfway in her mouth. So if you've ever seen that scary picture where like that demon lady like climbs through the window and like tries to steal the little girl and like she's halfway out of her mouth. Like if you know a picture I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, there's a picture of that. And it's like this little girl, like it's trying to steal her out of the bed and it's got her like halfway in its mouth. And it's got like this long white dress on, like really long, dark hair. And it's got this giant mouth that's like 12 inches open and it looks real. But I imagine that this monster looks not identical to that, but it's the same idea. Like I imagine it is clothed like that, like something terrifying is out in that woods. But she runs up to it and she sees it like all tall and hunched over just like sitting there with summer hanging halfway out of her mouth. And we're talking like a full grown adult woman hanging out of this thing's mouth. So like Sarah like runs up and tries to like help her. And she's like pulling summer, like her, her legs to get her head out of this lady's mouth. And this lady is just like, no, this monster lady. And she like smacks, you know, summer or smacks Sarah and she goes flying. And it's just this whole like really intense thing. And then like, the monster just turns around and just hauls it into the woods and starts like, like booking it and it's gone. It just disappears into the distance with like summer in her mouth. Damn. I mean, I hope I made that sound as intense as it would be if you were watching it. (laughs) Like to me, it kind of sounded like the, I mean like the image that I had in my head is like kind of like from Coraline, you know, the, the other mother at the end. Yeah. When she's like, like that really, really lanky, Yes. You know, pale thing. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good example. Yeah. I mean, imagine that, but like, 
nasty, like a demon, but you can't see it. it it's just like um, you you see glimpses of it because the, the way that the moon's lighting through the trees and stuff, it, it, you don't ever get a full glimpse of it, but it's enough to be like, that is absolutely terrifying. That's worse than like Slender Man, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, not the name dropped Slender Man, but like, ugh. I, I would I'm, kind of imagine out it, on... it moves like Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. Like that that's almost how it moves, but it's like four times as fast kind of thing. And obviously 15 feet tall. Gross. Yeah, but I imagine it kind of the way that like Smeagol stands and stuff too. So like you just imagine like like she's running through the woods thinking that she's chasing this monster down to save her friend or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, it's just standing there, like staring at her all hunched over, like, <sighs> like the, her feet are just dangling out of her mouth. Like, or like, <laughs> like in dangling, like not moving whatsoever too. It's not like she's still fighting. Like she's, she's not breathing, you know? <laughs> okay. So summer's dead at this point. Yes. Yeah. So, um, a- after this, like when the thing takes off in the woods and she takes off with summer's body, um, it goes back to the house and like Ryan is still looking for this Mick guy, you know, cause if he's not in the room, he's gotta be somewhere. So he's just going through like busting open doors and stuff. And he's like, whatever, like I'm out. So he like goes, like he's running back towards the main front door of the house. And like, as he opens the door, he hears his name, like Ryan. And he turns around and, like Mick is like standing there, like behind him, like in, in the walkway, like living room area or whatever he's trying to like figure out if it's Mick, you know, cause it's like super dark in the house and all the lights are off for whatever reason they lost power, which is, you know, filler later, but he's like Mick. And all of a sudden like Mick just like charges at him and just tackles him. And they bust through like the glass of the front door. Um, and they like, you know, are rolling down the stairs and they rolled like down the stairs and off to the side. And they're, he's trying to like push him off them. And they're kind of like wrestling and they end up like falling into the pool, like which I guess is like kind of off to the side of the front door kind of thing. So they fall in the pool, and th- then we cut back to the woods, and like Sarah is just sitting there, like like on her knees, just crying, and it's like because what she saw was so terrifying. So she's like debating like in her head like is is summer still alive should i go back to the house like what's going on like ryan should be here soon with mick so she just kind of decides to pull herself back to her feet and make her way back to the house so this is kind of like a little just off shoot of what's going on at the pool so go cut back to the pool and ryan like comes out of the pool he pulls himself out of the pool and he's like laying on his back trying to catch his breath and then it's like dead quiet and then all of a sudden you hear like the water move a little bit. And he like looks over towards the pool. And then um Mick is like possessed, like like a demon, like evil dead possessed. Like his face is all nasty, and he jumps out of the water at him. So this is like your typical horror movie scare at this point, you know. We're not doing anything that no one's ever done before. But he jumps out, you know, and he's like fighting him, and it's just this intense thing, I guess. Um, but Mick's like trying to talk which is like, I guess a really scary thing. So like, as he's like possessed by this demon and like trying to rip, you know, Ryan apart, he's like talking and telling him like, dude, I, I, I need help. Like I, I can't, I can't do that. Like, what am I doing? Like, help me, help me. Like as he's ripping his this dude's like skin, like just scratching him and stuff. Uh. It just, I just imagine it's super scary. Like, 
like like old Evil That's Dead, creepy. where they like they overlay the the vocals and stuff too. Help me, help me, like just stuff like that. But he's like possessed, and he's like absolutely terrifying, and he's like asking for the most desperate help he could ever ask for in his life. Like, whew. whoa. That's creepy. <laughs> I'm just like letting that process. Oh, that's creepy. I thought that was kind of clever because it's like very stereotypical. Like, oh, it's a possessed guy, blah, blah, blah. This is what we're dealing with in this movie. And then that happens and you're like, okay, that's that's not a normal thing I've seen before. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever like, ugh. I, I just like imagine like, okay, like you're, I mean, like body language, you know, like when something's like extremely pissed off, they're like that hunchy, you know, hunchiness over like but then the like muscles are like like, spasming out and shit but like then just to hear a calm voice coming from that is very eerie to me so ryan like ends up somehow fighting him off a little bit and he gets to his feet he runs over to the grill and he grabs like one of those metal spatula things that you know he scraped the burgers with right and he like turns around he's like got it up like a baseball bat and and he's gone. Like Mick is just gone. And then of course we cut back and do the stereotypical, like, bam, he's there. And then he's behind him and he grabs him really fast. And then he, he forces his fingers into like Brian's eyes. And he like, he gets like one in like pretty deep and like Ryan falls to the ground and he's like grasping his face. He's like freaking out and Mick's like standing over him and he's like licking the blood from his fingers and stuff. So, I mean, we're talking like stereotypical horror here, but this is what we do. We give people what they know, but also throw them a curveball. So, um, he's like licking his fingers, like loving the blood. And then Ryan's like trying to crawl away from him all slow and stuff. And his eyes just like bleeding everywhere. And then it cuts to Mick, like turning towards him. Like he's going to start like running towards him, like really fast. And he literally like takes one step and then like he just gets decapitated and his head like falls off and Sarah's behind him and she like has like a garden tool and she like just drops it and then she like runs over to like help Ryan up and then like I, I almost imagine this is kind of where the where the one liner is, you know, the cheesy one liner they throw in movies, but like I imagine her like slicing off his head, like run over to help Ryan and as she's helping him up, she says something stupid, you know. Nothing like so stupid that you're like, oh God, but something like, ha, 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 all right. So if you have any ideas for what that one liner could be. Slicing dice. I guess it would depend on what tool she used, maybe. I don't know. We're gonna have to think about this. Right. Or like maybe she used like the the brush, like the wire brush that has like the scraper on it from the from the grill. <laughs> and uh, she just like full on hacked it off or something. That's pretty hardcore. With all like the needles and shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean you could do that, dude. Like cause I, I mean I had it kinda like where it was one of those things where he's standing there and she like slices his head off and then all of a sudden when it falls off her head behind him with the like the blade off to the side or whatever. But yeah, I mean we could go full on nasty on it and she could literally just try to hack him with that brush and then like as he falls to the ground she like grabs the 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 sharp side and starts like just chopping his head off trying to cut through the bones and stuff yeah well you know how like big like nice houses always like sometimes they have like an outdoor like pizza oven or something like that like yeah, yeah. you could have her grab like one of those like giant pizza oven um the thing that slides the pizza in there and oh she, yeah, and yeah. She just grabs that and like <laughs> slices through his like neck, and you know, like 
It's it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. That would be amazing. I mean, that would be like, hey, DiGiorno, looking for some uh, (laughs) sponsorships? You want to sponsor this movie? (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, like that that would be pretty good. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, like that that one liner might be a little too cheesy, but that's good. Oh my god. I think you should so, do like yeah, two I'll... alternate endings with that. Like sponsored <laughs> and unsponsored. Right. Like maybe we get somebody who's really quippy, you know, to be Sarah, so like she can just take a bunch of takes and whatever is the best one that hits. <laughs> Yeah, because I imagine her saying it once she's pulling Mick or uh, Ryan up, so she like cuts Mick's head off, you know, or, or yeah, maybe she uses those pieces of thing and like slices it like halfway through, and it kind of like, and then she like pulls it back, and then his head kind of sits there for a second, and then rolls off or something, and then she like runs over to help Ryan up, and as she's helping him up, that's when she says the cheesy line, you know, or maybe he says it, you know, mm. <laughs> she's just like pulling him up, and he's like, it's it's not delivery. <laughs> It's but well, it, it kind of was though. <laughs> it delivered his head right there. <laughs> I don't know, but um, so basically, yeah, she like helps him up, and um, they're like going down the stairs, and they're walking across that big giant front lawn, and they're like heading towards the woods to try to work on getting out. When they get to like the bottom of the steps, they hear Summer say something, and they like stop, and they're like, "What?" Like, what, what's happening? And they, like, look up, and Summer's, like, right there at the edge of the woods. So they're trying to go towards the woods, and all of a sudden she's, like, right there in front of them, like, like 20 feet away or whatever. And um, she's just, like, covered in blood. Is she a ghost? No. So Sarah's just, like, kind of relieved that she's okay, but she's also, like, super, like, what happened to you? Um. And then Summer's just like, stop. And she like puts up her hand and she's like telling them like, like stay where you are. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, like we need to get out of here. Like, I'm glad you're okay, but we need to get out. So Summer just starts talking and she starts talking about 20 years ago. And she says that she was a young girl and her parents were extremely cool to her, that they beat her senseless saying they were training her for a war like they just beat it in her like like we need you ready for the the war the un, the oncoming war and i imagine this being a little flashbacky like she's talking about it but you know maybe we show it maybe we don't cuz honestly i kind of hate when movies like show you this cheesy dramatic thing i i do want to show part of it though but i think when she's talking about this part it would just be her talking so she talks about what her parents used to do to her and they would set traps for tourists so they could kidnap the tourists and feast upon their bodies. Uh. So they also forced Summer to eat these human bodies that they would (laughs) kidnap and kill and cook and whatever it is that they want to do. But most of the time she had to eat it raw. And then when she's done, they would lock her up in a dog cage outside in a shed. And then her parents would make like weird tools and trinkets from like bones from the bodies of the people that they kidnapped. And they would use their skin to like build um, like threading for, for, for coats and things like that for the winter. Just really, really messed up stuff. It's like Ed Gain shit. And then when they would have summer in the house, um, they would like 
you know, th- th- instead of the mom like knitting, she'd be there like fashioning the bones into like little weapons. And then she'd stab Summer with them. Like, and we're talking like a little girl. Like she's just like stab her and poke her and think it was funny with, with human bones that are all sharpened and stuff. Th- this went on for a while. And one night her dad forgot to lock the cage at night and she escaped. So this is kind of where I imagine this is where we might show some of the flashbacks. So the next morning after she's been traveling, you know, through the woods, trying to figure out a way to get help, she stumbles across like an elementary school. But, you know, like elementary schools, when all the kids are outside in the morning, they basically get a recess and then they all have to line up a couple minutes before they go in. So they're all like lined up on the outside of one of the classrooms getting ready to go in. And summer just comes rolling down the hill and she's like covered in blood and like her, her own excrement. And she's just like shaking. And these kids are just like terrified at what just popped out of the woods in front of them. And they're just like hoping that the teacher opens the door like any second. And summer's trying to tell them what's going on. And she's just saying everything like, like they, they, they stab me with, with human bones and, and they, they make me eat raw raw meat and she's just going on and these kids are like as young as her so they're just terrified like they have no idea how to handle themselves in this situation so yeah there's there's two kids that are kind of like sympathetic towards her and they they start they come out of the line about the same time to go help her and the, the the like it's a boy and a girl and the boy runs up to her and you know he's He's trying to tell her like it's gonna be okay, like we'll 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 get you help, whatever you need. And then the girls agreeing with him, and they're like trying to help her up because she rolled out of the woods. And the teacher finally opens the door to let the kids come in, and she sees this happening, and she's like, "Oh my god!" And she like runs over there, and Summer like in her mind she sees an adult. This is the first adult she's ever seen besides her parents. So she flips out. And she like instantly jumps into like survival mode and she like, like monkey jumps this teacher and like starts attacking her and like, like hitting her and stuff like that. And then she starts like biting her leg, like trying to rip the flesh off of this teacher's leg. So then mm-hmm. at this point, like there's other staff members that are coming outside to figure out what's going on. And they're like, they're pulling summer off of this teacher and they're like dragging her away. And then like the boy and girl that were trying to help, like they're just absolutely relieved because they're terrified at what just happened. Like they don't know what to do. And I mean, we're talking like little kids. So the first thing they do is like start cheering like, yay, like, 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 thank you teachers for dragging her away kind of thing. You know, they just instantly like get all the kids riled up. Like, yeah, take that animal away. Right. So they get Summer to calm down and they start talking to her about what happened. And Summer like, she's, she's terrified of all these people to begin with, you know, the kids were calling her names outside and everything. So she's like the, the worst scared she's ever been even more scared than she's been with her parents. But she, she tells them a little bit of what's going on. They uh, decide that they're just going to take her to the hospital and treat her for her starvation and everything else that's going on. So while they're taking her to the hospital, like she, she, she's starting to understand like maybe her parents were right. Like this world is terrible. So she opens the door and jumps out of the car and they freak out, of course, break and she's running through the woods and she runs all the way as far as she can. And she ends up 
coming across her father. He's, he's been trying to find her, but at this point it's too late. So the, the kids from school, they had went home and they told their parents about what happened today. The townspeople like riled up, marched up to the home with the teachers, everybody. They just decided to list, like I said at the beginning, like they decided to Frankenstein this family and they, they just march up into these people's property and burn down their home and, and kill these people. So like, that's, that's what happened at the beginning of the movie. But now we're seeing it, you know, from how it really went down. Like you thought at the beginning of the movie that these, this was just an innocent family dealing with this. So they, they kill the parents. They, they burn inside the house and everything. Summer makes it out alive, but this is where we also show flashbacks. She got jacked up in that fire. Like she got blown up she got burnt all kinds of stuff. Like she was completely unrecognizable. So, um, she's like in the woods, like left to die. And like, like a week has went by something ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like she found a Creek to get some water and pretty much passed out next to it. And a backpacker that's just trekking through the woods ends up finding her. You know, because at this point, the police don't want to be involved with any of that. I'm sure they know about it, but we're talking like this is a tiny little town. You know, this is probably the only elementary school in the town. It was a town that a bunch of people went and burned down some people's house and thought they could get away with it type town. So they're not going to look for the body. They think they got them all in the fire and that's the end of it. Plus, if the little girl made it out alive, that's fine. Whatever. If she didn't, whatever. At least she's free. So they don't care. This backpacker ends up finding her and he takes her back to get help. So he doesn't actually live in this town. He's just touristing. And he ends up being like this billion dollar CEO of some huge like cosmetic corporation. And they change her name to summer and they do all the plastic surgery and everything that they can to help her be like this beautiful woman because she has the money and everything that's going on with her. Um, you know, she ends up like kind of blowing up on the internet and everything like that. And they end up deciding like, Hey, we're, we're going to do this reality show with your daughter, you know, your, your beautiful young daughter. And they, they pay for it. Like the CEO of this company and everything paid for this house, this whole show, <laughs> like the whole idea. Mm. And it kind of comes back to them talking in the quad about it. And Sarah's just standing there like, trying to figure out like what she was just told and, and and Ryan's sitting there holding his eye cause he just had it gouged out and he just got all his, almost all his flesh ripped off and he's barely hanging on. Sarah's like talking about like, I, I'm so sorry. Like that, that was, that was 20 years ago. Like I, I, I don't, we were kids. We didn't know what we were doing. Like, like we, we, we should have helped you. And Ryan's like, I like, I don't care. She deserves it. Like, like everything that happened to her obviously happened for a reason. Like we need to get out of here. Like, cause they think that she's the only threat at this point. So he's just being typical macho dude. So <laughs> summer starts talking about the war again, that her parents were talking about. And she says that the war is coming and that she will be the commander amongst the armies of the dead. What? <laughs> All right. I'm glad I'm glad you're still here. So she starts talking about this war and she's like, I, I will be the commander amongst the armies of the dead. And Sarah is like, like freaking out and crying. She's like, I'm sorry for what we caused you. And then Ryan's just like, leave us alone. Let us go. 
And Summer raises her arms and like literal zombies or or demon possessed people start pulling themselves from the ground. And we're talking like deep, deep underground, like like bodies that have been there since the beginning of time are pulling themselves, you know, hundreds of feet up through this dirt and coming through. And then there's fresh bodies, too. So all the dead contestants that are out in the woods, they start like, you know, coming out of the woods, like out of the shadows and. Like, it's just this whole thing. Like, she literally just raises this army of the dead, like, past and present dead. <laughs> As this is happening, like, Sarah and Ryan are just sitting here, like, they have no idea what to do about anything. So they immediately grab whatever weapons they can next to them, and then this just full-out, like, zombie battle breaks out. And like I said, it, it's it's a little cheesy, but the thing is, <laughs> where we're going with this it ends up being pretty good because I imagine it more like, not like, um, what's that video game movie that they made? The, the, the one, the Xbox one dead rising. So like those dead rising movies, they're fun. They're popcorn movies. But the thing is, is that they're kind of cheesy. I wanted this to be like actually scary. Like it's like, Oh, it's zombies. It's demons, whatever. Like we know that, you know, I'm not scared of that anymore, but it's still an interesting battle. You know, like I imagine them fighting through, doing pretty good, you know, and then getting other things pretty, pretty like <laughs> not so good. And they, they get tore up pretty good. But I, I imagine that they, they get to a point where summer is like, no, like, like I, I gave you a zombie battle as a courtesy. Like I figured you'd probably get through a couple of them, but now you're, now you're just annoying. So she just like floats across this quad and like just cuts through everybody. She's just knocking all her own army people out of the way. She just grabs like Sarah by the throat. And she's like, just holds her up in the air. And then Ryan's like sitting there and he's trying to like, he's hitting summer and he's trying to like, you know, get her to let go of Sarah. And she just like looks at him and he just goes flying like into like, you know, a brick wall or something crazy off to the side, you know, like the, like the quad wall or something. He just flies into that like all hard. And she doesn't like total like carry. Like she just looks at him and he just goes flying. She doesn't do any hand movements or superpower things or anything like that. Like she's just, she's just like the full on like antichrist, like absolutely terrifying at this point. Jeez. <laughs> Ryan like kind of like pulls himself to all fours and he's like just asking Summer like, like just like leave Sarah alone. Like, like take me instead. Like Summer, D- Summer, like doesn't pay attention to him at all. Like she's completely, she's otherworldly at this point. And Ryan's just over there like apologizing and like now he gets it. Mm-hmm. Like Sarah just literally is about to die. Like she's just being, the life is being choked out of her. So then as this is happening, Ryan yells that he loves Sarah. He says, I love her. And that she recognizes and she stops and she like releases Sarah and Ryan, and she just looks at him and Ryan, he keeps going on about how he loves her. And he's like, you know, these last few weeks have, have like really changed me. Like, I know I was here for this, but, but I, I've, I've fallen for her. And, and I, I think that she loves me too. And he's just going on and she's just staring at him. Like, like, she, like she's listening. So he starts realizing that it's not working, that it's, it, she's listening, but it's not getting through to her. So he starts saying, how did you expect anybody to fall for you? And this starts getting her. And then he starts saying that like, like you're trash. Like your family is 
satanic garbage. Like he's just going on, like starting a name call and stuff like that. And then he starts using the names that they used when they were kids, when they tried to help her, that sets her off. So like she drops Sarah and then just like slowly floats over to Ryan. And then she like picks him up and then she like grabs his face and puts her face like right. So he can see her perfectly in his one eye that's left. And then she tells him, that like just absolutely terrifying. She looks at him and just grabs his face so hard. And she says, I can see into your soul. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just imagine it like full on, like Satan possessed this girl out of nowhere. And she just like rips his face in half after that. So Sarah, like is trying to get away. She like grabs, gets to her feet and she kind of turns around and she like grabs whatever, she used to cut off that guy's head earlier and she's like swinging it and she's like missing and stuff. Cause she's all like basically like, like so hurt that she's like out of it and she's just trying to keep summer away from her. And then summer just disappears. She's like looking around and it's like super quiet. All of a sudden, like summer just appears behind her and like puts both fists like through her back. Like she stabs her fist through Sarah's back. <laughs> and then she like just picks her up and slams her on the ground. Like, it's just ultra violent WWE style, you know, but, but like that. And like, as this is happening, like summer just like floats up in the air a couple feet off the ground. She like wraps her like arms really weird around Sarah. And like, then she like releases her. They kind of like do this weird pause and it's just this weird, awkward scene where all these like demon zombie things are kind of like standing in the background, like slightly moving, just weird. And Summer's just like totally still just floating like a foot off the ground. And as this happens, you see like Ryan start to move and get off the ground. And then you see Sarah move and get off the ground. And then they're just part of her army now. Damn. Like White Walker style. Yes. Yeah. Like just super awkward, like one shot kind of thing. You know, and, and you sit there for like 20, 25 seconds. You're like, did the TV freeze? Like the zombies in the background are moving. This is kind of weird. They get up and they start walking off. And then I imagine it like an above view kind of zooming out of the quad that Summer like walks through the forest. Like all the army starts following her through and they walk, you know, out of frame. And then you hear like the voiceover for the host of, of the show, of the TV show. And like, I'll, I'll try to read it like how I have it written. I'll try to read it like in a, like a commercial kind of voice. But um, like as, as this intense situation just happened and they're walking away, it says this season on the revenge card. And then it like flips to the actual trailer and it shows like reenactments of some things. And it's like a young girl tortured by her parents and ridiculed by her peers will get her revenge on the people that made her childhood a living hell and even got her parents killed. <laughs> and they show like the fake house on fire. Watch as these contestants think they're on a love show to win Summer's love when in fact we're making her a witch. Using unlimited resources and state of the art technology, we bring you the next level of reality survival horror. Each contestant has signed official contracts, putting their lives in imminent danger or even death. <laughs> there will be blood, decapitation, skull crushing, zombies, ghosts, telepathy, monsters, and real life demon possession. And don't forget, sex. 
When all is over, you won't believe your eyes. Will Summer get her revenge? Find out this fall on The Revenge Card. End of movie. That's... <laughs> Alright, hold on. There, there's so much you unpacked <laughs> with, like, so much shit, like, just hardcore shit, too, that, like, very, very, unis like, unexpected. Like, I was not expecting any... Like, first of all, I didn't even think that, like, the whole witch thing, that was fucking crazy. And then this, like, hardcore traumatic, you know, childhood for this, like, little girl. And then, like, she's jumping a teacher and, like, ripping, like, her fucking leg out. <laughs> That's still, it's still pretty hardcore in my head. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm glad you see it that way because it it is. It's a lot of layers. It really is. And I don't think it's really that hard to keep it all balanced because it's like that. none of that is what matters. What matters is what's happening to the characters that you're watching. But there's so much implied and depth of why it's happening that when you look into it, it's something I don't think you would ever forget that you saw. Yeah, like, okay, so, all right, so... My, like, from when you explained it to, like, what I think, like, filler-wise, okay? Mm -hmm. So, I imagine this house kind of, like, almost on, like, its own, like, little island, in a way. Okay. Or it's so distanced from, uh, Society. like, a city or the... Yeah, society or whatever, like, maybe there's only, like, one road out of there kind of thing. Yeah. So, what if you had the house itself, okay, like, there's one big house, but then there's, like, these, like, smaller cabins that are, like, um, like, specifically placed around the house itself with, like, a walkway in between each one. Okay, mm -hmm. and then like later on, maybe you can like show like the houses were actually like put into like a pentagram, or something like that, and this house where it was built is actually like where the remains of her original family house was, and so like she blocked it out when she was a child, and so like when her the guy that you know like took her in as an orphan basically like found out about like her whole backstory because that's why he's trying to make her know which he rebuilds this house in the middle of the pentagram. So that's where she stays is in the middle. And then as all these people are dying, they're kind of like beacons getting lit, um, you know, around the pentagram basically. So like one person dies at each point of the star. Oh, interesting. See what I'm saying? Okay. And so as as the contestants are dying, she's gaining the power. And so that's really like where this whole thing is coming from is this creepy ass witch thing that's in the woods um is killing off these thing or off these people and then they're dying at the points and then she's gaining the power just she doesn't realize it because the show only takes place in the middle at this main house. Yeah, I mean, so, that's kind of the basic idea, and I think, like, once the thing in the woods, like, takes her off and, and kills her, um, that that's what unlocks it, you know? Like, that's what gives her the otherworldly abilities. 
So, okay, so go with me here. Go with me here. I mean, you already threw a whole bunch of fucking curveballs at me with this one, <laughs> but like, okay, just imagine, all right? So you have this big, huge witch, nasty thing, right? Mm-hmm. So like what if what if she doesn't like what if you think that the thing's killing her but what if she's not like what if you like somehow show later like she's swallowing her because she has to die but she has to give birth to her again but as like the antichrist Okay so, so I guess in that kind of way if you look at it because I imagine that the thing in the woods, originally when I wrote this, I like was thinking that that thing in the woods was just out there. Like it was just like a terrifying guardian to not let anybody escape. And there was no explanation besides that. Um, but if you, I guess if you wanted to get into a little depth about it, like, I mean, you could definitely leave it up for the audience to kind of figure out what they want to do. But it would be kind of cool if the way that we, cause I imagine like Summer's wearing a white dress when all this is happening. Cause th- I mean, that would be so ter- stereotypical, but I think that would be cool if she was wearing a white dress as all these terrible things that she's doing are happening. Um, but that's kind of what I imagine the thing in the woods. Like I said, that picture, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, look that, look that picture up. But um, it is like that. She's wearing like a white nightgown, that creepy lady in that picture. And that's kind of what I imagine this thing like. So when you say that that way, it's almost like this is this is all the evil dormant parts of summer that have been hidden away and they've been like extracted and put out in these woods. So when she swallowed her, they became one. Right. You know, so if you looked at it that kind of way, because if you looked at it like, oh, they're wearing the same outfit, it's just the one that's 15 feet tall, you know, and it's all shredded and ripped up and dirty and stuff. Um, cause, cause when I'm, when I'm talking about the trailer at the end where it, it's like, you're watching a trailer on like, you know, TV during a football game or something. And they show a new reality show that's starting. That's kind of how the, the trailer is. And they show when it starts talking about, Oh, through state of the art technology and modern, like ritualistic, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I imagine it like those Japanese game shows where they go so over the edge. You're like, Oh my gosh. And they always talk about like, you know, in the future, they're just going to be killing people on Japanese television. No one's going to care because they, they signed up for it, you know, like squid game style. But like this, like being that humans have unlocked satanic abilities or, or just demon possession abilities and things like that. Maybe they haven't harnessed it yet, but they know how to do it at this point. You know, they, they know what the keys are. They just have to find the key and she's mm-hmm. it. And I think that that's kind of interesting because even then it throws another curveball at you. So, you know, 15, 20 minutes, or I guess maybe like 10 minutes before the, this all happens. Cause you think that that big battle is kind of the big end of the movie when uh, Sarah and Ryan are fighting off all these creatures and stuff. So I imagine it kind of like, um, like dead alive. If you guys have ever seen dead alive, the lawnmower scene at the end where he's just mowing down possessed people. Oh, yeah. That's kind of how I imagine this. And then, I mean, they're in the middle of a quad garden thing. So, there's all kinds of tools at their expo- disposal so we could do have fun with that. But before that, Summer says that her parents were warning her of a war or training her for a war. And it's like you think about that. Like these are things that people do in real life. Like they they beat their kids with the Bible and stuff and they're like, you need to do this. Like this war is coming and stuff. As terrible as that is in real life, it, it's out there. And that's kind of like a play on that. But this is more at the end of it when she like brings – 
uh, all the the dead to life, she explains that she's going to be the commander of the army of the dead, meaning that they've been training her for a war, not to avoid it or make her stronger against it, but because they want her to to lead it. You know, so it's like another curveball. <laughs> yeah, that that's that was fucking like that that threw me off. Like seriously, that this seriously threw me off. I was just like, whoa, dude! Like, <laughs> I mean, you just go from like some girl trying to like find a relationship to full on just bringing hell to earth, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And and the the fact that the the TV show within the movie is called the Rev Card, um, it's it's the Revenge Card, but they don't tell the contest the contestants that. So the contestants are thinking because they keep saying the word revoke, like we will revoke you from this competition and things like that. So they're like, oh, it's a revoking card, and then it doesn't tell you what the name of the actual show that you're on is until that trailer at the end, like this season on the Revenge Card, and it says this season. Meaning there's been other seasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And I, I kind of imagine like uh like during the credits while the credits are rolling, like we have not like a not like a blooper reel or a gag reel, but more like the talking heads of the people that were in there that were goofy and stuff when they were still alive. Like little things that just stupid stuff. Like, man, like uh you know, when uh when Jennifer went to the fridge like it was looking real good though. I, I was gonna ask her if I could have some of that that the ice cream that she pulled out. Like I didn't realize they had ice cream at this place. <laughs> <laughs> Just stupid stuff like that. Like so pointless. <laughs> I think that'd be so great. Oh, you know what? I am so pissed at Jimmy because he made himself a piece of pizza and didn't even offer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just random stuff like that. <laughs> and then that's it. Like, it's just a short and sweet movie. But like, I, I like that at the beginning, it's like, oh, like something's obviously going on. Like we saw the house burn down. We saw the girl survive. Don't know which one it is. But the way I kind of want to do the reality show of it is to almost make Sarah seem like the main character. Because that was the whole point of her falling for Ryan and them realizing something was going on in the house that they needed to get away. It's like Summer's like, the, the party girl. She's like the college girl. Like everybody like wants to be summer. So she's not very important to how this story develops until she is. And I think that's, what's kind of cool about it. Cause you're watching the movie and you're like, Oh, Sarah's the little girl from the beginning. And then we just pff, blow your mind. Mm. Yeah, that's good, dude. I, I, I think that would be awesome. Like, do you have any ideas of like what could set them off? to get Summer to agree to leave? Because I do imagine Summer's pretty innocent until this all happens. Like, so when they're like, hey, like, like, let's just forget this show. Get out of here right now. I know it's the middle of the night, but let's go. And she agrees. Like, why is that? Like, I don't know how to get to that part, I guess. Well, I mean, like, I guess if it's, if the whole thing is run by this company or this TV show kind of thing, like... Maybe you can start, like, you know, like, what if the contestants, I mean, basically, like, the way that you can kind of structure it is, like, the contestants are there blindly just thinking, like, hey, we're trying to meet somebody, you know, and kind of, you know, that kind of thing. Well, they end up, like, becoming friends with other people. Well, then 
you have this company telling you like, hey, I don't need you guys talking to each other. Like, like we're doing this and you guys need to be focusing on this. And I understand that like we've asked you guys to make some like make up some drama, but I don't need you guys actually like hanging out like you guys are here for a job kind of thing. And so maybe mm. that push behind the company telling them that could, you know, eventually lead to them going like, you know what, fuck this. Like, you know, I'm I'm out of this TV show. Like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just, you know, make up some stupid drama for this TV show and I can't even talk to anybody and like I can't enjoy myself kind of thing. I think that would push yeah. some people at the very end to be like, you know what, like, we need to get the fuck out of here because, you know, th this is all bullshit garbage kind of thing. Okay, okay. What if that meltdown happened, like, in front of everybody? And they had to, like, put the cameras on hold, the host had to come back in, sit down, remind everybody again, you know, that these people are heated over here, and then it's like, like, this can't happen. Like, just remember, you guys are under contracts, like, very strict – like there is consequences. They just keep saying consequences, consequences, even though they don't say what they are, you know, maybe, yeah, those, those two people end up getting like the rev card and they have to leave, you know, but maybe that's, that's kind of interesting is that they, they pull them out to the woods and they make one of them walk out there and the other one has to wait like an hour before they can walk out there. So it's really weird, you know, and like maybe, maybe we don't ever explain the cabin thing. Like it just kind of seems like, that is implied where they're all lined up like that because I would imagine that the camera crews and stuff, they have to stay somewhere. Like they can't just stay in the house with the, with the people. So like they take shifts, you know, naps or whatever. So I almost imagine the, the cabins are almost set up like a front for that. Like we don't ever see it happen, but it's almost like maybe one of those, maybe it's like two guys that get kicked out at the same time and they have to wait an hour before they can walk out with each other. And then, like one of the guys finds one of the cabins, like on accident. He goes in there and it's like super creepy and abandoned, you know, more, maybe it's more like an outhouse size, you know, like really weird. He doesn't know what to think of it and stuff. And he's all creeped out and he's like thinking like this place isn't right, you know, and then he's coming out and then he runs into the other guy mm -hmm. and they're like, dude, I'm glad I found you. Like, I can't find my way out of here. They didn't tell me where to go. They said there's a car like at the end of the forest over here. He's like, I, I went in a straight line. I didn't get there. And they're like, okay, well, let's just go back to the house and ask. And as they're going back, you know, one of the guys ends up getting attacked. And we we show him get attacked, but we don't necessarily show the full, like, creature that's doing it. And maybe this happens, like, in the broad daylight, too. Like, that would be even more terrifying. But maybe, like, because this has already set all the emotions off in the house by having to deal with this argument. So they, they're trying to go back and be normal and, and do their party nights and stuff like that. And, and like I said, maybe there's, like, three or four people left at this point after these two get kicked out at the same time. So... I kind of imagine like one of the guys getting attacked and like I said, this happened in broad daylight. He could pull up a tree or something ridiculous and just gets destroyed and you know, like just blood everywhere and stuff. And then drifts all over the other guy who's down at the bottom and he freaks out and like runs off and this thing's just chasing him. And we show it like from his like face where he's running at the camera and you just see the thing like bouncing off trees and stuff, trying to get him, but you don't ever fully see it, but it's stu still super intense. And then he gets back to like the quad area and then he like trips and he's like pulling himself back up to his feet and this thing is still coming after him. And, uh, 
like some, one of the girls inside like notices. She's like sees out the window. She's like, hey, is that is that Brian or, or I don't know, whatever his name could be. And then they're like, what? And they kind of like come over to the window and then you see like the thing like charging up behind him. And then the producers like come in, they like close the curtains all fast. Like, oh, nothing to see here. Like he's, he's been, he's been revoked. Like go back to your party. Like it's all good. And the the girl's like, no, there was something like, maybe it was Sarah, you know, maybe Sarah sees it. And she's like, no, there was something behind him. Like, why was he covered in blood? And they're like, blood? No. Like that's just the, the, the thing that, you know, we pour champagne on him or, or wine or something, you know, like that's kind of the, the thing, you know, he must have spilled it or something. You know, they try to play it off and she's like, no, like that, there's something going on. And then, you know, that just sets that unsettling thing among the smart yeah, people like, in the group. Yeah. Some, yeah. Something like that, like, I think would just be, you know, would push them to be like, uh, what the fuck? Like, I'm out of this shit. Like, and that's probably when they would start, start, you know, yeah. start scheming to, you know, get the hell out of there. Well, it would be interesting if, like, Summer, like, started to, like, like, like Sarah or something. And that's kind of the reason that she agrees is because, like, maybe earlier that night they're, like, kind of hanging out just them and they're talking about it. And she's and Sarah's, like, more freaking out and Summer's trying to comfort her. And she's like, no, like, I know what I saw. Like, like that was blood. That wasn't wine. That wasn't anything. And where was the other guy that got sent out with him? You know, why did he come back? Why did he look scared? Why did they close the curtains on us? You know, or maybe it's like a like like the purge you know like they actually like full-on like have like blinds that are in between the window that just fold like if you if they don't want you to see what's outside real fast you know and then they just open it back up when they want but yeah maybe she's all freaked out and summer's trying to like comfort her and stuff and then she's like well let me know what you want to do like if you if you want to go we can go we can we can end all this right now you know and then ryan comes and knocks at the door or whatever and kind of gets in there a little bit so you kind of sense that there's like a, a friendship there if not a little bit more and so when all that's happening, maybe something else happens in the house. Like, like, cause Mick was obviously possessed. So what if he, like, instead of him being all creepy, what if he just like randomly attacks Ryan through the, the, the window and he ends up in the pool, like that later scene, what if like Mick is just walking around the house, like in the middle of the night possessed like that, you know, like, like Sarah's like sitting there in a room and like notices that the door's open but she's like, what? I, like, what? And then Mick just like walks by all creepy and it's like just pitch black out there, yeah. you know? And then she like, like turns on her nightlight and like walks over, like tries to peek out there. And all of a sudden, like all the power of the house goes off, like, Fuck that. you know? And then <laughs> she's like terrified. And then she like walks out in the living room and she just sees like Mick standing behind the couch with like little beady eyes, you know, in the dark. And then she like freaks out, like runs to the nearest room, which is like Ryan's. And she's like, we need to get out of here like right now. This and this like, and he's like, okay, 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 here. Like, like, let's go. We'll get out. And he's like putting on his like <laughs> pajama pants and stuff. And then she's like, wait, 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 we, have, we have to get summer too. Like, so they like go to get her and wake her up. And then she's like, okay, like I, I told you I'd go. So we'll go. Like, that would be kind of interesting way to tie it all in. If we built yeah. up some of the tension like, that way. I don't know, man. It- there's some crazy-ass characters or just some crazy-ass, you know, people in this that you can, I mean, like, are pretty, I don't even know, like, nothing that I've ever, like, seen before out of a movie. Like, that's, I don't know, you pulled from, like, a lot of stuff. Like, my brain is just, like, hurting from 
trying to like <laughs> how to tie that all in. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what it is. There's a lot of like Jennifer's body in there too. I've never seen that one. Dude, it's good. Don't let the Megan Fox fool you. It's a good movie. But it's kind of the same idea as like innocent girl ends up, you know, getting into a bad situation mm. kind of thing. Maybe not so innocent, but we'll see. But uh for our movie's sake, yeah, like she's she's innocent. And like I said, we play the whole movie like Sarah's the main character until you realize she's not, mm. so yeah, man. It would be it would be one you'd watch every summer. What what happened to you to c- come up with this? <laughs> Not nothing actually. Like it was literally just the fact that Seth asked me to do something that looks raunchy on the surface, you know, to get those clicks. And then uh, when you get in there, it's it's not what you expected at all. Like I mean, obviously there's good looking people running around in swim trunks and <laughs> bathing suits and stuff, but you know, but like it, that's that's a a little thing, you know, when there's this whole other thing going on. So it's like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't lie to you. It's not false advertising there. That's in the movie, but you know, that's not what the movie's about. You know, I think that's what would make it interesting is cause like, I don't, I don't care for sex scenes in movies or anything like that. And I get like every horror movie out there has it, but like, I wouldn't do that in this movie. It would be like implied maybe, you know, like, and then, and then the door closes and they cut to whatever's going on out here or something like that. But, um, that might be the only part that's a little misleading from the cover, but, but I think, you know, people would be very happy. They clicked on that title. If it was, if it was a real thing, I think the whole sex thing, like, you know, sex scenes and stuff like that, like that was definitely a very, very eighties trend. Yeah, for sure. You know, you, you're trying to get to a certain rating. So like throwing any sort of sex scene in there definitely got you the R. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And see, this this could be borderline PG-13, depending on the blood and gore. I mean, I want it to be I want it to be violent and I want it to be scary violent. Like when she like grabs Ryan's face, he only has one eye left. So I imagine like like her her ring finger is like in his other eye socket and then her other hands like behind his head. And then she just like looks like kind of sideways right into his eye where both of her eyes are over his one eye. And then like the I see into your soul and rips him apart. Like, like I just imagine like the, the Foley effects for that, the sound effects, just like, you know, like a whole thing of, of celery, just (laughs) she's ripping his head. And you'd have to like, just nasty sound. You'd have to like take like a real chicken and like tear apart the real chicken just on. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. You can make some pretty nasty sound effects with, like, a pumpkin, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I imagine, like, the, the the sound design, like, being something that you don't forget in this movie. Because you look at, like, the old Evil Dead and, like, their sound equipment wasn't what we have now. That's why it sounds so bad. And the thing is, that, like, they tried to clear it up, you know, doing Ash vs. Evil Dead, the new Evil Dead, and things like that. And they, they do the same effects. You know, they do, like, a multiple... Uh, harmony you know but it's not a harmony obviously they detune it and make them really off keys that way it gets that really signature demon voice but back in the day they'd overload it and overly compress it it clipped when they recorded it so the volume was way too loud when they recorded it and it just came out this terrifying like soul crushing sound and it's like they have better audio equipment now so it's like they just try to make it sound scary 
but it sounds too clean. And I want this to be like, when they say things like that, like, I mean, that would probably be like a hundred takes to get the, I see into your soul line. Right. But when you got it, Oh my gosh, dude. Like, I think if you did it just right and you didn't do the cheesy music that builds up behind it, I see into your soul or whatever, you know, like you, you you don't want it to be cheesy. I I want it to be memorable. Right. You have to have your Titanic moment. I mean, there, there, there's there's so many movie scenes out there that are things that are just burned into your mind, whether it be visual or audio. You know, it's like freaking Pet Cemetery when when Zelda's up on the bed. Like, not only is that visually terrifying and that stays with you forever, but the way that she's calling for her sister to come up the stairs. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. That that that's that's the kind of stuff that lives with you forever. And. I'd almost want to make a movie that you you click on it because you're not sure, and then you watch it, and you're like, it's pretty good. And then by the end of it, you're like, I, sh- I shouldn't have watched that. <laughs> I shouldn't have watched well, that. With that kind of thing, like, you know, you caught everybody off, you know, like, they're off guard, I mean, like, a quarter of the way through the whole movie. They're, they're so caught off guard that, like, at that point, you have to watch the rest of the movie. But to have those, like, extreme traumatic things that are in there. Exactly. That That is something that will be rememberable. Like, I mean, just, oh, man, I just can't think of, like, you know, some, like, little girl completely covered in blood walking up to. An excrement. <laughs> yeah, like, some little kids. And then, like, then she just snaps and, you know, attacks her teacher and, like, starts ripping out a piece of her, like chunk of her leg or some shit like ugh, <laughs> that's rough yeah see and that's why i don't want to give any of that away at the beginning of the movie i want it to seem more like she was a victim right and, and i guess she is i mean she she is a victim but like that you're also sympathetic for the family at the beginning of the movie and then you like realize why their house got burned down and everything you know and and the fact that like yeah she was a little girl but she literally was the commander of the entire underworld. You know, I I would almost imagine that so much stuff is implied. Like when they talk about this season on the revenge card, it's like, Oh, they've done seasons before, but maybe never to this extent, you know, they've never actually unlocked the powers of this, you know? So I, I kind of imagine it like, like when you see like a behind the scenes clip of when they're making like a new Marvel movie or something and they show like, you know, they use the telekinetic powers and they pick them up and they throw them, but they have them on like the strings and there's like the green blocks in the background and stuff. Like I kind of imagine it like that when they're talking about that. But when they say like with the state of the art equipment and, you know, whatever the line is in the trailer that um, we show like, you know, like like you said, like a, like a blueprint of the isle of like the the island, or maybe it's like a peninsula. You know, they're kind of trapped in, and then like show on the blueprint that there's cabins in the shape of a pentagram. You know, like stu- stupid stuff like that, where it's like later on, you're like, if you really wanted to pick it apart and like pause all those screens and stuff, you could see all that depth that we put into it. You know, but make it your own at the same time. Oh, some, like, Easter egg stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's smart. <laughs> well, I think that's probably good for this one. This is this is the longest one we've ever done. I was going to say, this is... But if you're still, if you're still here, yeah, that's, that's, it's worth it. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed Summer's Vendetta. Um, until next time, I, I, I don't know what the next episode is going to be. It should be something good, though. But um, well, we'll try not to go horror all the time because I know that's <laughs> kind of a, a lot. But, you know, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, I'm Kurt. And I'm Josh. And this is Storytime Pitches. Storytime Pitches.